Welcome everyone to the Purposely Thriving Podcast, where we are growing, evolving, and becoming into our highest self in every area of our lives so that we are able to live authentically and whole as we step into a new chapter. I am your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining and tuning in with me this week. This week, I wanted to discuss a statement that's often said a lot, and that statement is, I just want to be the best version of myself, right? Have you found yourself thinking that or even saying, I just want to be the best version of myself? Because I used to say that a lot and I hear people say it very often. And if I can be honest, I actually love the statement. I do because I believe that statement is uplifting. I think it's motivating. I think it's inspiring. I think it breeds curiosity. I think it's empowering and I think it's very encouraging because when this is often said, to me, this is an indication for something deeper. And that indication is a sign that many of us have some level of awareness that there's a deeper part of our self-identity that's remained hidden and or undiscovered, that there's untapped potential within that's dying to be uncovered, or that there's more to yourself and your life that deserves the best of who and whose you are. And right now, that's not what your current self is giving. And the reason why this is so important to allow yourself to awaken to is because when life takes unexpected and undesirable turns, it can breed some deep, unpleasant feelings, such as feeling defeated, feeling powerless, feeling discouraged, or even being very pessimistic. And here's the thing, when you have those feelings, none of those feelings are inherently wrong. However, when we create a relationship with these feelings, when we develop a bond, it will generate a persistent energy. And from that energy, being the best version of yourself becomes very unreachable for you. And so what ends up taking place is that we find ourselves stuck and not necessarily from a physical sense, but more from a mental and emotional place. And when you're stuck, you are in this unconscious prison where you've placed yourself on this everlasting punishment of the past. And here's what happens when you do this. Days turn into weeks, weeks transform into months and months evolve into years only to realize that the desire to be the best version of yourself remains unexplored and untouched. And so what I wanted to do today briefly is that I wanted to unpack this statement a little bit by giving four things that being the best version of yourself requires. Because as I mentioned before, I love the statement because I know it means that we need, we're, we're yearning for more. We're craving for more. However, I think what gets lost in this statement is really knowing what it requires to do so. Because even though the statement is motivating, it breeds curiosity, it's uplifting, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, and it's also empowering. It also involves being very transformative. Okay. And so I want to give you four things today even though I know there can be more things I can give you, but I want to give you my top four things on what being the best version of yourself requires. All right. And so the first thing I wanted to point out on what being the best version of yourself requires 
is that it requires exercising the practice of radical self-honesty. Okay, that's the first thing. All right. And when I say exercising the practice of radical self-honesty, this is where we give ourselves an unapologetic permission to be 100 percent authentic as we are capable of being at this present moment. And so what does this mean? This means that you must now practice stepping into some hard facts as well as some unpleasant truths about yourself, your life, what did happen, what didn't happen to even what's currently going on. And this level of honesty that I'm referring to is what I like to define as a courageous act. Because when you step into radical self-honesty, you're now allowing yourself to uncover the false truths that we tell ourselves and seeing them for the illusion that they are. And the reason why this is considered a courageous act, because you now have to remove what you thought is protecting you. You know, not facing the hard facts and unpleasant truths can be seen as protection because it prevents us from facing discomfort and being vulnerable to things. Not to mention that this could cause us to believe that as long as I don't admit it, it will miraculously go away. And we mistake this as safety, not realizing that this form of protection is also keeping you in prison. You find yourself excessively busy, distracted, hiding behind other things and or people, creating habits that aren't contributing to a better quality of life, only to avoid what we don't want to admit, deal with, or look at. And this is where we have to ask ourselves this question. Will this allow me to be the best version of myself? And so when we talk about being the best version of ourselves, we also need a level of clarity, which only can come from a space of honesty. You can't get the clarity you need on something you're unwilling to be honest about. And this level of clarity evolves based on the amount of practice in which you give it. So the more you practice being honest with yourself, the more clarity you get on being your best self. And so I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to observe. I'm a big fan on being attentive, right? I want you to observe any topic that you find yourself avoiding because you fear the uncomfortable truths that it might reveal, right? Like what do you avoid thinking about or talking about? And this is where you may find yourself doing things such as changing the subject, pushing it away, or you might even find yourself saying things such as, you know what, I don't even want to talk about it. Or you also could find yourself getting very, very defensive on something, right? I want you to observe what that is for you. And when you observe what that is for you, I want you to accept where you are with the truth about it. You know, meaning that why do you avoid this particular area? Why you don't want to admit that this is an area that really triggers you very deeply? Is it that it's intimidating for you right now? Do you sense a feeling of shame, being judged or even embarrassed about it? Do you believe that stepping into this honesty will let other people down? Do you believe that this level of honesty will ruin an image that you've maintained? Do you believe that this level of honesty will cause people to reject you? And so based on where you are with it, I want you to ask yourself, what would it look like if I no longer gave power to that truth? You know, what would your life look like if you embraced 
authentic self-honesty? How fulfilled would you be? How authentic will your relationships and experiences be? How brave will you live? How confident will you become? Because here's the thing. When you are honest in this manner, you also attract this as well. Because that's how magnetic this practice is. Okay. And so I want you to think about, am I practicing radical self-honesty? Right. Is there an area of my life that I'm avoiding, but I know when I face it, it will free me because that's what this point is about. It's about allowing yourself to exercise the practice of radical self-honesty. All right. So that's the first thing. The second thing that being the best version of yourself requires is that it requires you to exercise an elevated belief system. That's the second thing. It requires you to exercise an elevated belief system. Here's what I want you to understand. What got you here? Meaning that what got you here right now, where you are in your life right now, in terms of how you think and what you believe about yourself won't necessarily get you there in terms of who you want to become, which is the best version of yourself. So this current belief system that you are functioning on It's not going to be the same belief system that's going to get you to this next level of yourself. And so what does this mean? This means that what we have held to be true about ourselves in regards to who we are, what we can have, what we can do, as well as who we can become may not align with who we aspire to be. So basically what this means is that We may have some underlying self-limiting core beliefs that we have disguised as truths that don't align nor affirm with who we desire to become. And the reason why I define these self-limiting beliefs as a core belief is because these self-limiting beliefs are strong. And when something is strong, that means it's deeply ingrained. And when something is deeply ingrained, it's firmly attached to you. It's almost as if you've developed a deep bond with this belief. And because of that, it becomes more resistant to believe and entertain anything else than what you currently hold to be true about yourself and your life. And so being the best version of yourself requires a better belief about yourself. And in order to exercise this elevation, there's a level of rebuilding that we must practice. And so what I ended up doing was that I looked up the word rebuild. I looked it up because I wanted to know the definition of rebuild. And there were a lot of definitions, but what really stuck out to me was that it mentioned that rebuilding was to dismantle and reassemble. And when it comes to the beliefs that you hold, there's a high possibility that some of those beliefs are destructive and detrimental. And so we must practice the process of dismantling these self-limiting core beliefs and then reassembling a more elevated belief. And the reason why this is a process is because many of our beliefs are hard-coded into our identities. And those hard-coded beliefs also has wrongfully labeled us. See, when you have a hard-coded belief that something is wrong with you or nothing good can ever take place for you or that you're inadequate and incapable that you're unable to get anything right, that you're too young or too old, 
that you don't have what it takes. You can't be loved simply for who you are, but only for what you do. People cannot be trusted. The world is dangerous. People are out to get you. There's no good people in the world. If these are the beliefs that you are constantly entertaining, then becoming this best version of yourself will be non-existent. And it's not because it's really true, but it's the belief that you have that makes it true. There's a popular quote by Henry Ford that states, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And what this quote emphasizes is that you can only go as far as you believe. Okay. And you may be wondering, well, what do I do to elevate that belief system? And so here's what you need to do to start. The first thing you need to do is recognize Okay, and this is where you step into a place of consciousness and start thinking about what you're thinking about. You know, these hard corded beliefs, we have a relationship with them. We have a bond with them. We became one with these beliefs for so long that we may be unaware of the impact that they have. And so now we have to take inventory and recognize what we're thinking about. The next thing you need to do is challenge those beliefs. You know, based on those beliefs that you've been having, what evidence supports that belief? Meaning that why have we made this belief a truth? Like who told you this? Where did you get this belief from? And is it really true? And if so, why is it true? And here's the thing. When we hold a belief to be true, I want you to ask yourself, if I hold on to this belief, Will this allow me to experience the best version of myself? And if that belief will not allow you to be the best version of yourself, then most likely that's not a belief that you want to support. Okay. The next thing you need to do is that you need to replace that belief and repeat. And this is where we are dismantling and reassembling old beliefs to open up the ability to transform. So for instance, when you're repeatedly saying that you don't have what it takes, We want to repeatedly say instead, I possess all the resources necessary at this moment to accomplish my objectives. And the reason why I say repeat is because you got to think if you've been constantly saying you don't have what it takes, you have to constantly reaffirm that you do. All right. And so that's the second thing that you have to do to become the best version of yourself. You must exercise an elevated belief system. The third thing that being the best version of yourself requires is that it requires exercising being uncomfortable. That's the third thing. The third thing is that it requires exercising being uncomfortable. When your desire is to be the best version of yourself, you also have to understand that you're raising the bar. You're raising the bar for you. You're raising the bar for your life. And you're also raising the bar for those you love. And because of that, the current version of yourself will attempt to resist it. Because even though we know there's more, and although there's a part of you that recognizes that you may not be living up to the version of yourself that you desire, we also have to take into account that you are stepping into a place of unfamiliarity. And when something is unfamiliar, it will breed uncertainty. It will attempt to breed fear. And it would also breed discomfort. And because we are naturally creatures of habit, it's easier to remain comfortable even when it doesn't serve you. You know, you can be in the most unfulfilled, unpleasant and unhappy state, but will still remain loyal 
to this undeveloped version because it's what we know. And what we know generates a level of safety because you know what you're going to get. And, you know, this is why many people stay in relational dynamics that are unhealthy because it's not that they don't know necessarily. It's actually because they do know because anything outside of that is unfamiliar. And, and so when you think about it from that perspective, it's really no different than your own personal growth because being the best version of yourself is just really another word for elevation and elevation requires being uncomfortable meaning that this form of discomfort is designed to stretch and strengthen you beyond your current comfort zone. And so in order to exercise this form of discomfort, this is what it will require. Okay, it's going to require four things. It's going to first require courage. You know, after the choice is made to want to become this best version of you, we got to take the step into the unknown. And this takes a level of courage. See, a lot of us think we got to be confident first, but confidence comes from the courageous act. Okay. The next thing that it requires is that it requires you to be persistent. You know, no path of elevation is linear. There are going to be times that you will be challenged. There will be moments that looks as if you're moving forward only to get knocked back 10 steps. However, in those uncertain moments, This is where your commitment really counts. And so how committed will you be? And this is important because this makes a clear distinction between those who evolve versus those who don't. And so when we look at those who evolve, it's not because they're lucky and nothing ever happened to them. It's actually their ability to persevere. It's their ability to be persistent. The next thing that it will require to exercise this form of discomfort is that it's going to require you to embrace change. Remember, as I mentioned, we are creatures of habit and anything new outside of what we know can create resistance. Why? Because you're disrupting your normal and that doesn't always feel good or does it always feel right? And what could potentially happen is that fear and or anxiety takes place. You talk yourself out of something that you haven't given a real chance to. You find yourself in a cycle of starting and stopping. And you also find yourself self-sabotaging. And the last thing is that you got to be patient and kind when you're going through a season of discomfort. Okay. You know, elevation takes time. And within that time, you must practice the process of being patient and kind with yourself. Because there will be moments where it feels like it isn't working as fast as you would like it to be. There will also be times where the outcome doesn't align with your expectations. And during those times, patience and kindness will help you remain consistent. Okay. And so that's the third thing. The third thing that being the best version of yourself requires is that it requires you to exercise being uncomfortable. Okay. The fourth thing that being the best version of yourself requires is that it requires you to exercise being proud of yourself. That's the fourth thing. The fourth thing is to exercise being proud of yourself. I want you to repeat after me, even if you say it aloud or even even if you think it or write it down. I just need you to remember this. 
every new step that I take gets me closer to who I want to become. All right. And I'm gonna say that again. Every new step that I take gets me closer to who I want to become. So why does this matter? And why is this important to remember? Because we can be our own worst critic, right? We can see where we want to be and feel like because we're not there, that we're not moving forward, right? And we can also find ourselves being in a state of comparison to where someone else is. And what this does is that it can cause you to be in your own way when you do this. You know, sometimes it's not everybody else being in your way. It could just be you who's stopping you from moving forward. You know, it can also cause you to minimize your progress. And it can also allow you to not be appreciative of who and whose you are. And so I encourage you to exercise this practice because it will change how you see yourself. When you start to be proud of everything that you're doing, you begin to appreciate your life more. You begin to fall in love with the journey. Your confidence increases. You become more open and willing to do more. You find yourself being more solution driven. You become more resilient. You realize what you bring to the table. And what I mean by that is that you start to see your unique value that's distinct from everybody else. And so as you take on this journey of being the best version of yourself, it's important to acknowledge those steps that you're taking along the way. Because if you're looking to arrive in order to be proud, then you'll never be. And the reason why is because there's always another level that you can reach. And as long as you have breath in your body, you never really fully arrive. And so this journey of being the best version is more of a lifestyle rather than a destination. And so every day you need to practice the art of being proud by asking yourself, what did I do today that got me closer to who I want to become? What obstacle did you overcome today that seemed challenging? What uncomfortable choice did you make, but you know this choice was in your best interest? What initial step did you take today towards your goal? What did you do to prioritize you today? Were you vulnerable about how you felt about something that you never allowed yourself to admit? Did you honor a new boundary for yourself? You know, being proud is really acknowledging that 1% that you do to move forward. And I did, I actually did a podcast on this called Acknowledging Your Progress Within the Journey, episode 101. It's like a 10 minute chat that I did. And I'm gonna drop that episode in the show notes because all the steps are really important. But what I find in quite a few people is that they have difficulty acknowledging their progress along the way. And that's a huge one, because when you start seeing the progress, when you start stepping back and seeing all the things you're doing, you really stay committed to the course. And so I encourage you to not eliminate this step because many of us be like, well, I got to do the next thing. I got to do the next thing. Okay, but before we do the next thing, let's take a moment and be proud of what we've done. Okay, and so these were the four, I would say my top four, my top four key steps on this journey to your best self after divorce or even after a breakup. Because the the fact of the matter is, is that 
Divorces and breakups can really cause people to feel defeated. They may feel like, well, what's next? What does that look like for me? And the best way that I can put it is that it really is a journey. But there are steps and these are my top four steps. This is something that I do. This is something that I do with my clients. So I know that this works. And so I challenge you to ask yourself, what step can I take today that's going to help me on this journey of being my best self? All right. And so please make sure that you are following me on my social media handles. My Instagram is I am Tanya Carter. My Facebook and YouTube is Tanya Carter. I will put everything down in the show notes. And also please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive notifications on when the next podcast will drop and also leave a review. If you know that this podcast has been very influential to your transition after divorce or even a breakup, please head over to Spotify and or iTunes and leave me a review. And last but definitely not least, share this information. If you know someone who is going through a divorce or even a breakup and they're having difficulty on what that next step would look like for them to be their best self, then share this information to them. Share the link. All right. So thank you all again for tuning in with me this week. You all have a wonderful and amazing week and I will see you next time. 